0: Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the summer series of Popcorn and Compliance. Yes, Tom and Jay Rosen are back to look at the season three of The Mandalorian. All the things you would expect from Tom and Jay in a Popcorn and Compliance episode are with us in this series. Each episode, we'll look at the storyline Tom and jay will discuss some of the highlights for them i know you'll enjoy this special season of popcorn and compliance the mandalorian if you're a fan of star wars of the mandalorian jay and i would love to hear from you on your thoughts on this special podcast series this third episode we take up the convert i hope if you enjoy this podcast you will subscribe rate and review Wherever great podcasts are listened to, this episode begins with the Mandalorian recovering from his sudden fall to the depths in the living waters, and he and Bo-Katan depart for Mandalore or from Mandalore, though Bo-Katan withholds the Mythosaur's existence from him. Upon returning to Calavela, they are attacked by an Imperial tie fighter squadron while she and the Mandalorian are able to fend off the attackers a large squadron of Thai bombers appear moments later destroying Bocatan's castle. Enraged Bocatan attempts to pursue the bombers and manages to destroy several of them with heat-seeking missiles but then a massive swarm of Thai interceptors arrive forcing Bocatan and the Mandalorian to flee from Kalevala. Meanwhile, on Coruscant, Dr. Pershing receives a pardon from the New Republic but is startled to find Ilya Kane, a former communications officer who was part of Moff Gideon's Imperial Remnant among the Amnesty Program's recipients. Kane declares ready to assist Pershing in his efforts to continue his cloning research, which has been outlawed by the New Republic. They sneak aboard a decommissioned Imperial-class star destroyer to steal the necessary materials, but Kane betrays Pershing to the Republic's lawkeepers and keeps the cloning materials. Later, Kane secretly sabotages the mind-wiping procedure used on him, significantly worsening its effect. Elsewhere, the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan arrive at the secret Mandalorian enclave, where the Mandalorian presses the armorer with a... Or presents her with a sample of the living waters as proof of his redemption. Having proven himself, the armorer tells the Mandalorian that he is redeemed. Because she is also bathed in the waters, the living waters of Mandalore, bo is welcomed into the enclave as well. So, Jay, what are your initial thoughts on this third episode from the third season entitled The Convert? When
1: I started watching it, Tom, I was very confused because I was at this new world that looked like Ridley Scott directed it with big billboards and ice creams that had lights in them and people running and jumping from subway trains. So I'm like, where's Mando? Where's Bo-Katan? What are we doing? And then suddenly I got really engrossed in this whole setup and how they were taking the doctor there, who's Dr. Pershing, and trying to get him to continue his cloning experiments. And there is one person, is it Elia Kane? Is that her name?
0: That is her name.
1: Okay. And she is there. The guy is just getting set up and it's all for no good, but there's Some of these scenes, that's very liberating when they're jumping through the subway cars. And you're almost hoping that there'll be something good to come of this. But at the end of the episode, that Dr. Pershing will not fare very well.
0: All well said and all correct. This episode took a very different plot turn. We leave Darjin, we leave Grogu, we leave Colbaton, and we move to the New Republic. And I actually thought more about George Orwell in 1984 for the dystopian part. Although we're supposed to be in the the New Republic, the very bellwether of goodness for the galaxy, I'm beginning to wonder maybe the Empire wasn't so bad. But we're at a pretty cool planet. It's a great science fiction in terms of the visual. I think there's a holographic zoo. For those who don't want to get their hands dirty or smell bad things, or keep animals in cages. And well we're introduced to former Imperial soldiers, scientists and others who have been re-educated and then essentially pardoned to go back into society as part of the new republic. And the scientist, we have seen him in seasons one and two, we saw him a little bit in his role in his work in genetic cloning, and that le- led to the story of why they were trying to get Grogu or and why he is being chased so much, but yes, he is pretty clearly going to be set up. He, For being a scientist, he may be very smart, but he's very dumb. And we get a cool, I thought, a pretty cool set of scenes. I enjoyed the going out to the see the Starship star. I guess it's the Starship junkyard. That was pretty cool. And we did learn something incredibly important in this episode, Jay, and it was almost buried because there was a plot hole in the Star Wars movie universe between what is now called Episode 6, the third of the original Lucas and then the episode seven, which started the 21st century versions of the movies. And that plot hole was where did the first Republic come from? And now we know. And what we found out was that the new Republic didn't eliminate essentially the former empire structures and they left, Lots of physical things laying around like starships and like weapons. And it didn't mean you have to execute everybody, but you have to do a little bit better job than just declare victory and that everyone is now a good citizen because some of these people were not good citizens. So that was probably the biggest thing about this. This episode gave us that answer to where the First Republic came from that we saw in episodes 7, 8, and 9. But this one was almost dystopian science fiction to me. And of course it ended with what we would have called in the 50s, 60s, and 70s a honey trap. Where <laughs> the scientist was snared in by Ilya Kane. And I have to do a spoiler alert. Ms. Kane may not be what she sees going forward. That part was interesting. The cloning part, we get a little more about that. But this one went in a very different direction. It's going to set up conflict and resolution through the rest of the series. Did this episode work for you or was it too different?
1: I think in retrospect, it worked. When it started, I could see a lot of tropes that were going to be played. And I wanted to see how it's going to turn out. I think in the end result, like you said, it plugs a couple story gaps. And I'm happy that we spent a whole episode with these characters, getting to know them. And then we're going to see some of them a little bit on. So I think, again, we're getting little bits of clues. There's certain planets that we visit in the original trilogy, other places we've gone. I, again, to kudos to Happy the Chauffeur Driver. He still keeps building on the canon and keeping it moving forward. So... My initial thumbs down got turned to a thumbs up.
0: We also had we did have some with D'arjen, Bokatan and Grogu. We had an incredible fight, really cool fight scene in space with some unknown tie fighters, I guess from the New Republic. And then we had at the end D'arjen is formally reintroduced into the Brotherhood of the Mandalorians by the creed, by the, I should say, the armorer who pronounces that he has visited the living waters and bathed in them and he has brought some water back to be proof and tested and bo testified that she was present and pulled him from the living waters. So the armorer ascertains Darjins telling the truth and declares him to be redeemed. So he's now formerly been redeemed and this this episode ends with a symbol or a picture of the mythosaur that we talked about in the prior episode up on the wall which we now know why bo had to see that and why it had to be mentioned even so briefly in episode the convert the second episode of season three so it all ties together and it turns out the mythosaur was a symbol that even today or at least at the time of this episode took place that the Mandalorians still revered and worshipped And It certainly sets up Bo-Katan, I think, going forward to at least position herself to to reestablish her claim as the last queen or royal family member of the Mandalorians.
1: I have a question without an answer, so I'm going to rely upon you. When we see this religious cult of Mandalore, who are they supposed to be? Is there somebody in the real world that is being paid homage to? Or why do we think the religion of Mandalore exists and what's it in reaction to?
0: I thought it was just a part of the tradition of the Mandalorians that they were keeping alive while they lived in exile across the galaxy, something that they were keeping the home fire burning if they ever did or were able to get back to Mandalore or reestablish themselves as a people on another planet.
1: Okay. I just thought I'm missing something because there's, it's pretty well thought out and you have all those And peace be with you and the, the cadence of religion. So I thought, I thought you might have some light to shed Tom, but thank you. Appreciate it.
0: I think when a people wander Jay, they keep their religion Very near and dear to their heart. They practice it. And when they can return to their homeland and fully in the blossom of that, reestablish their religion, my sense is that's what they do.
1: I think you might be right.
0: All right. I hope our listeners, Jay, will join us again for our next episode, which will be episode four of season three, The Foundling. This is Tom Fox.
1: And Jay Rosen.
0: This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Popcorn and Compliance, where in this special season we're looking at the Mandalorian season three. Popcorn and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. If Jay and I would love to hear from you, if you have any comments, questions, or information you would like to share with us about your feelings, views on The Mandalorian Season 3. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that you will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian Season 3.